Welcome to the Birthplace Studio Series on the 2024 Spalding Hoopal Classic. Each edition of the podcast will feature game recaps, interviews, featured stories, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of this series. I'm Olivia Gentry, and I'm going to be walking you through the Hoopal Classic Day 3. All right, so your game bulletin for today started at 9 a.m. with the Bishop Hendrickson boys um, facing Gulliver Prep. Uh, Gulliver Prep took that game 62-39. to 39. At 10.30 a.m., you had the Camden High School boys versus North McKinlenburg. Um, Camden took that game 67-62. to 62. At 12 p.m., you had the Sunrise Christian Academy boys versus the La Lumiere School. Um, La Lumiere took that 75-64. to 64. At 1.30 p.m., you had the Sidewell Friends girls um, versus Etiwanda High School, and Etiwanda High School took that game 71-56. to At 4 p.m., you had the Long Island Lutheran boys, featuring Carmelo Anthony, um, versus the Christopher Columbus um, school. Uh, Christopher Columbus took that game 81-62. to At 5.30 p.m., you had the Montverde Academy boys, Cooper Flag, um, versus Brewster Academy and Montverde took that game 91 to 58. At 7.30 p.m., you had the Archbishop Wood boys versus Corona Centennial, and Archbishop Wood took that game 73 to 71. And then finally, at 9 p.m., you had Grayson High School boys versus um, Perry High School, and Perry took that game 64 to 63. So I'm going to transition into our next segment here. Um... The opportunities that come with being able to work Hoopal, um, especially for you know us as Springfield College um, on the Springfield College media team, it is truly a great opportunity for us to grab interviews and do stories that we would not be able to do on a normal basis. You know, we can't just reach out to the Asa Newells, the Derek Queens, the Cooper Flags. Um, of the world on a regular basis because it's just not really that feasible for us as, you know, small college journalists. So to be able to be at Hoopal and have um, the opportunity to speak with these high-level recruits and high-profile athletes um, is truly a treat, and it's a great experience to have. And I actually got to sit down with um, Reese Merritt, who is a member of uh, the staff as well, and he detailed what it was like to um, talk to the likes of Cooper Flag and what it was like in that media room. Okay, Reese, so you got to interview Cooper Flag yesterday. Um, kind of talk about what was the media room like when Flag walked in? Um, every, everyone rushed to him, obviously, because it's Cooper Flag and he's the number one prospect in the country for high school basketball. Um, so everyone wanted to get his thoughts on the game, thoughts about who he is as a player and as a person. So um, everyone wanted to see him. Right, right. And um, so you actually did get to get a question in because, you know, in the whole media frenzy, that, that's pretty cool. Um, it's a big win for uh, the small news outlets like us. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so kind of describe your experience um, speaking to Flag. What was he like, like to talk to? Did he give a good interview or was it just kind of like a like, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night, like, let's get this wrapped up. I mean, they have a very tight schedule, so it was very much, let's answer these questions and keep on moving out. Um, so his questions were very, you know, his answers were very direct and to the point. Um, 
which is understandable, and he's asked questions all day, every day, so um, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, so in deciding to interview Cooper Flagg, it's a big name, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everyone has heard of him. He's one of the biggest stories coming in here, number one recruit. Um, how did you kind of take your avenue of writing the story, and how did you figure out the direction that you wanted to go in? For the program story? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, since I hadn't actually gotten the chance to speak to Cooper when I wrote the program story, just tried to get as much information I could about him and try to tell a story that um, not necessarily was unknown because all the information I had to collect was already known, but it was in so many other places. Um, it was like a puzzle piece. All the pieces are scattered everywhere in the house, but I just wanted to try to get those and put them together so that when my readers look at the story, they can just see, oh, this is a story here. I don't have to go searching for all this information. Yeah, absolutely. And you and Cooper Flagg are both from Maine. So <laughs> so kind of, is, was that something that kind of encouraged you to um, write the story as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, once I saw that, I felt like I needed to at least put the story out there because um, Maine is by no means a, uh athlete producer. Um, not only basketball producer, but any type of athlete. Um, of course, there's been a few, but um, to have a top prospect, but now the number one prospect be from my home state, it is kind of cool to see. Yeah. Thank you, Reese. Yeah, <laughs> this interview clip was contributed by Olivia Gentry via the Springfield Student. So let's talk some basketball. You know, recapping today, I think this was the most consistent um, high level of play that we've seen at the Classic so far. Um, obviously, I think we're getting a wider selection of teams. The first two days were more just regional teams. And so now when you pull from all over the country, you're going to get, a, obviously, a lot different result. But I will say one of my favorite games of the day was definitely the Sidwell Friends versus the Etiwanda High School game, which was the first and only girls game today. And, I mean, I was truly surprised with the level of play at which these girls were playing at. Um, I mean, it was really awesome. And something I haven't seen personally in um, a while in girls' basketball is the looks into the post. And each of these teams were looking to go to their post players, and their post players were converting points. Like, Grace Knox um, from Etiwanda High School, she, you know, was kind of rocky in the first and the first half, uh, wasn't really putting up many, you know, boards, wasn't scoring a whole lot either, was making good looks, but once again, didn't really score a whole lot. But the second half, I don't know. I don't know if her coach lit her a new, I don't know if somebody said something, but she was ready to play. She came out in that second half and just dominated the post game. You know, I think we had Zania Saka who was on the Sidwell Friends side. She was just on a phenom in the post. She came out and had this like reverse excuse me, excuse me. She had this like drop step alley oop um post move that was just incredible. And I mean to start the game like that and that was not just like a one time thing. That was not a fluke. She came in and did that almost like every other possession 
that they came down the floor. I mean, she was just truly unstoppable, really. I mean, I think she had 21 points for the entirety of the game. Um, but another player that I have to shout out here um, is Etiwanda's Kennedy Smith. She walked away with 29 points on the day and the MVP title, and boy, did she earn it. That girl was hot on the three-point line, and her mid-range game is also insane. I think it, she scored from both sides of the court, both sides of the key. She's not particular to one side. And what I like about her, too, and this entire team in general and the guards on that team, she is a playmaker. These girls are not – obviously, they're looking to score. Everyone's looking to score. But they are looking around and seeing how they can just make the team score. And that is something that, I mean, I love to see. And I think that was just a really great – you know, mid-game day and to start off the second session of the day, too. Um, again, another one of the games worthy to note, um, we had a celebrity visit today from Carmelo Anthony um, with, his son, with his son's game, excuse me, um, with the Long Island Lutheran versus the Christopher Columbus um, High School. You know, we had the Boozier Twins who came in, and once again, the Boozier Twins boozered. They were really um, a phenom, especially um, Cameron I mean, he proved why he, he has the attention that he does and, you know, proved why he's a power forward and his ability to shoot from the mid-range, shoot from the three, being able to post up when need be, and just knowing his body. He knows his body extremely well and knows his defender really well, too. He's able to read which way to go, which side of um, which side his defender's on so we can go the opposite way. He knows to spin move, spin back, and go up. Like, that kind of knowledge is just something you don't see in a whole lot of athletes. And... Yeah, I mean, he was truly special. His first quarter really wasn't that great. Shots weren't really falling. But from the second half of the second quarter and beyond, I mean, he he really showed up and showed out. And we even got a little uh, a Boozer twin connection <laughs> with a behind-the-back to Cameron, who was able to, to throw that down. All right, now on to my favorite game of the day, which was the Archbishop Wood versus Corona Centennial. These two teams – would not normally face each other in a regular season anywhere but the Hoop Hall Classic. You've got Archbishop Wood in Pennsylvania. You've got Corona Centennial in California. They each have a ranked player with uh, Jaleel Bathia being on the Archbishop side and Carter Bryant being on the Corona Centennial side. And these athletes, I mean, Jaleel Bathia is just, the athleticism on that man is just unspeakable. Like, I don't really have words for it. Um, his ability to not only read the floor, but more specifically, like the paint, he just knows his body so well and he has great spatial awareness with that. And obviously on top of his like, you know, great handles and whatever else, <laughs> like we know, we know, um, it, he's just able to convert and score. Like this was not a game where they were, you know, uh, Corona Centennial was giving wide open layups, wide open dunks, wide open avenues. Like, I mean, Jaleel Bathia was finishing shots from the floor like he was he was doing like reverse alley-oop layups um obviously finished it and got an and one but like he was consistently doing this like sometimes you're like oh like is this luck like no this was like time number four that he had done that so you know I mean he truly is an incredible athlete and towards the end of the game it was point for point uh one point again Bathia had a reverse alley-oop layup that got an and one, and he finishes free throw, and it put Woods up by three, and then Carter Bryant turned around from, you know, the right side three-point line and sunk <laughs> a three-pointer and, you know, tied the game up 
71-71, and, you know, uh, Bathia was fouled again, and he made both his free throws. So, um, you know, obviously Centennial did not come out um, on top with that one. But, you know, it was still a hard-fought game, and it was incredibly fun to watch. I think all of us were like, is this going to go into overtime? Is this going to go into overtime? So we <laughs> it was one of those games where, till the very end, we were wondering. So. Another interview that was conducted this weekend was from our very own Springfield College media staff. Liam Riley got to speak with former Celtic and current Gallo Prep high school basketball coach Ray Allen on some of his favorite NBA moments. Um, what's your favorite NBA moment of all time? Uh, for me or yeah. just in, in You can say both. Um, my favorite moment of all time, uh, I mean, game-wise, we're talking um, – I mean, I have so many moments. Um, are you talking about just in the NBA or basketball? Anything. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, playing the Olympics in 2000. You know, just to understanding the magnitude of playing for the country, uh, playing in front of the world. You know, seeing that when you go to the opening ceremony, it was, you know, it's enough to make you cry. So yeah. I this interview clip was contributed by Liam Riley via the Springfield Student. All right, everyone, that wraps it up for me today. So thank you for joining me as I recap day three of the Spalding Hoop Hall Classic. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow when Reese and Caitlin recap your day four. Bye. Bye.